I just got stuck in a bogey train. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to our rest in peace Kobe Bryant episode, episode 24 of the Bogey Train podcast. Players Championship Week. Uh, this is a throwback for me because on our first series of the Bogey Train, uh, back when we had a radio show, our first episode was recapping the 2019 players. So we're now four years later. We're a couple of installments of the Bogey Train later, but uh, yeah, getting a getting a little little throwback vibes going on here. Oh yeah, by the way, I got Jangs with me. Yeah, uh, not not Noah. Um, I don't know. I thought he was just going to jump in there, and he just uh, looked at me with an empty stare. So uh, <laughs> got Jangs with me. Uh, Nick, your host as always, and uh, yeah, we're gonna t- uh, talk players. You know, this is a some of our first few episodes back in the fall, we didn't have a lot to talk about. We had some rough events or no events, uh, but this one, you know, this is this is good stuff right here. The players, this is this is what gets me excited. Yeah, we we finally hit the stage of the year where we're rolling into good tournaments to talk about week in and week out. Uh, our loyal listeners have probably noticed that the episodes are just getting a little bit longer every single week, uh, and that's just because you know we're getting into the important golf of the year. We're getting into the big events, um, kind of our first of the the five staples, uh, the players this past week. And then, you know, soon enough, it'll be Masters time and then it'll be U.S. Open time and Open time. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to come quick. It really is. Um, it's almost when you think about it, it's almost kind of sad. I mean, as far as. The FedEx Cup schedule goes for the PGA Tour. I mean, they're probably darn near halfway through the season. Yeah, they've got to be. You know, it's like really crazy that the regular season ends in like the end of August, isn't it? So, you know, we're that's only about six months away, uh, which seems like a long ways, but it is, uh, it'll happen a lot quicker than we think. Yes, sir. Uh, should we just uh, jump right in or is there anything... Uh... I don't know. You probably you probably hit a few golf balls this week. How how's the how's the swing feeling? I uh, did not hit any. Well, I guess I did hit two golf balls last night. Um, oh, two. We were we were at the uh, the nineteenth hole in town, and uh, one of our high school classmates was there and had me step in and hit a tee shot. They were playing a scramble, so I hit a couple tee shots, and that was it. But okay. Um, but yeah, we had a parent-teacher conferences last week on Wednesday, so I didn't get a chance to uh, to go play my usual Wednesday night league. Uh, so I've been kind of itching to get back and hit some balls. Yeah, you go one week off and you're itching to hit balls, and I like I've I've hit golf balls maybe three times over the whole winter. Yeah, so not great. Yeah. yeah. I am repping uh, to Hamlin Chargers gear. They did win the uh, state basketball championship last night. I the girls that. did. So I see that. I'm repping as well. Um, I've got a, a t-shirt commemorating my favorite event on the PGA Tour, uh, which is obviously the Corrales Punta Cana championship. Um, speaking of, shout out Chad Ramey, who was in the mix this week, the defending champ at uh, the Corrales Punta Cana. Um, stoked for that event. I don't even know when it is. It might be opposite match play. 
Not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, should we just get right into it? Yeah, let's TPC talk about Sawgrass. So overall, what do you think of this course? Um, I'm, yeah, I love just, this what are, course. What are, yeah, so do I. I love this course, man. Like So many iconic holes. I think we kind of touched on it a little bit last week. Like Just so many really cool holes, uh, especially on the back nine coming down the stretch. Like you've got 14, uh, 15, 16, 17, 18, just all like, like really sweet holes that can kind of make or break around. Obviously uh, a few years back, Ricky Fowler goes like six under the last six or six under the last five on that stretch. So, you know, people can go low or you can, uh, you can go high. You can put a couple balls in the water on 17, maybe hit a drive in the water on 18 and can really ruin your uh, round. The thing about this course is what, what makes it, uh, one of my favorite courses ever is just the type of players that you, you end up seeing on the leaderboard because it doesn't suit, you know, most courses these days, you know, especially where they host majors and all this sort of stuff really, um, are heavily favored towards the long ball hitters. And you're just at a severe disadvantage on a lot of modern courses. If you, you know, if you can't, you know, pump it out there 180 ball speed with your driver. But this course, I mean, you've got the amount of different guys that were in the mix, different styles of play. Um, you know, just like David Lingmurth is popping off the leaderboard at me. I mean, I think he's like bottom five on tour in driving distance. He averages 52 yards shorter than Rory McElroy off the tee. And, uh, you know, Rory missed the cut at what, plus six or something. So, but yeah, 50, and then uh, fifty-two yards is a crazy number. Average, yep. That's that's like a five club difference. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, you got so you got guys like David Lingmurth. You got guys like, um, you know, Christian Bezadenhout was in the mix. Um, didn't play very well today, but you know he was near the top of the leaderboard for quite a while. Chad Ramey was playing well. I don't know what he finished at. I'm looking. Wow, he must have had a rough finish. He, he had finished a, at five he had under. A bad round. Oh, he doubled today. 18. Okay. Um, but Chad Ramey, I mean, overcame a quad bogey on day two and, you know, hung around. Was I was impressed with the way he played. I mean, so long story short, I just, obviously, there's so many iconic golf holes out there. It's incredibly aesthetically pleasing just to, you know, in person and on TV. And it's just, I don't know. It's just great. And, yeah. and I just, I just, you know, grew up with that course. You know, it's kind of like Augusta, right? It, it comes around every, it, you know, every year, obviously there's a U.S. open every year, but you know, like LA country club, right. I don't know anything about LA country club where the U.S. open is this year, but TPC sawgrass and Augusta, those court, like at big time events like this, those courses have context, you know, you know, you know, sort of the ins and outs of the course, uh, following the tournament for so many years. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of my one of my favorite events. Yeah, like you mentioned kind of course knowledge. Uh, like 17 this week, you saw they had two front pins, uh, and kind of that front pin is just iconic. A lot of people, you know, using that backstop. There's the iconic video of Tiger Woods making that putt from the back of the green. Like, So you know when those pins are in the front, there could be some fireworks happening. And uh, mm-hmm. 
fireworks there were this week on 17. This was, I think it was the first ever event where there were more than one, more than one ace on the 17th hole. And there were three of them. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think also, uh, I can't, uh, remember specifically, you know, where the flags are each year, but apparently it's not usual for them to have two of the front pins. Yeah. Usually they have like, I think they typically do like one in the front. They do the Sunday pin and then they usually have one like that back left and then one back middle. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, but also the more I think about it, I don't know. Sometimes I do see, cause usually that, that, that Saturday, that left, left front is, is a pretty common Saturday pin. Yeah. And then I don't know, maybe sometimes, yeah, they do do sort of the front or the, the further to the right pin in that, you know, front left section. So I don't know. Either way, uh, we got an ace from Hayden Buckley round one, Aaron Rye in round three. And then today, Alex Smalley. Uh, that one was sick. That one was awesome. I thinking about it. I don't think I can ever remember seeing an ace with the Sunday pin. I, I think I remember one, but I just like, I could not tell you who hit it or when I just like, I feel like I remember seeing one. That yeah. So it's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it has happened. I'm not sure, but I, I can't remember one. Yeah. It seems like all of them that you see are that, uh, over on that front side. Yeah. But, and the one today, I mean, that's a, that's probably a three shot difference. Cause I feel like if that does not go in, uh, that's going to take a hard bounce and probably roll off the backside into the water. It was questionable whether that was going to stay on. It was, it was kind of crazy because you saw the bounce and it landed right on the other side of that slope that the bunker yeah. from the bunker. So you're like, Oh, that was unlucky. And then it lands right in the cup. So yeah. it was, it was an unlucky bounce, but also super lucky at the same time. Yeah. And uh, with hole-in-ones on 17, um, there was one last year from Shane Lowry, which wasn't that the first one since, like, 2016? Uh, I feel like it had been a few years know, since there was one on Ser- Sergio, Sergio had one in 17. Maybe that's I feel like there have I feel like there have been more. I think, um, feel like there probably was one in 19, but... Uh, well, let's, uh, let's look it up. Hole-in-ones on 17 at Sawgrass... Uh, in the history of the Players' Championship, there's been 10 hole-in-ones in the tournament. And that was Hayden Buckley being the 10th. So now we're at... Uh, 12. We're at two more than that. Well, uh, Okay, so Shane Lowry in 20, uh, 2022, Ryan Moore in 2019, Sergio in 2017. So... It had been a couple of years. We got Shane Lowry's last year, and then we got three this year. So four in a two-year stretch, we can probably bank on not seeing a lot of hole-in-ones on 17. For uh, We've hit our quota for the next few years, I, I'm afraid. I don't know. Each year with those front pins, now I'm just kind of expecting it. You just you just think someone's going to put it on the perfect spot on that hill. and uh, Thank you. And just sort of, you know, let it trickle down perfectly. But yeah. Uh, anything else from like the tournament in general? Anything else stick out? Um, I do. What's really cool is that for this event, you can watch basically every single player live. So they have featured groups, 
which that just means they have, you know, for the PGA Tour live guys like covering it. But you can watch the live coverage of any group. It, there just won't be commentary, which is yeah. pretty cool. Which so is something had, they do that with the Masters as well, don't they? Or do they um, not do it with the Masters anymore? Well, the Masters, they have different holes that are live. I don't know if they, if you can watch each group live. So this is a pretty unique in that sense. So if, so if you had, you know, someone you knew that was in the field or just a favorite player that's maybe not, um, you know, the type of player to be in a marquee group, uh, really cool. You can watch pretty much all of their golf shots live uh, with the players. So, and um, as compared to last week at the Arnold Palmer, where there were uh, thousands of complaints, rightfully so, as far as the broadcast went with, you know, commercials and all this sort of nonsense. Um, they had three presenting sponsors this week, Grant Thornton, Morgan Stanley, and Optum. And they they were able to, you know, make it relatively commercial free over the weekend. Um, but if I do see another commercial from any one of those three companies, uh, in the next 12 months, I might explode. I can agree with that. Some of those, like some of those commercials were getting annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, basic... didn't know, I didn't know I could watch so many Optum and Grant Thornton commercials. Yeah. At one it time. was incredible. Yeah. And there was basically the same, like three to five commercials for each company that they're just like flipping through yeah there's the one so, with rory i believe that was the optum one wasn't it the, yeah that's optum. The one the one with ricky and uh jess corda for grant thornton yep. yeah um, there's the one with nelly corda for grant thornton there's the one mm-hmm. with tony for grant thornton um and there's the one with like the that one lady that's narrating it and just like walking around i do uh, think uh i think peacock heard my complaints last week because this week while watching the coverage I actually could watch the playing through. That's a, yeah. See, that's a, I, I heard uh more, you know, with, with the commercial load that there was last week at the Arnold Palmer and it'd be, you know, commercials and then come back and literally show four shots and then go back to commercials with maybe playing through. And it's like people that are paying for the peacock, they're not even getting the playing through. And it's even a, more egregious when, you know, even if you're not watching on Peacock and you're able to see the playing through when some of the most important shots of the entire event are being shown on playing through, that's just unacceptable. But that's a long story short of saying, you know, the actual broadcast was um, overall pretty solid this week. Pretty enjoyable, yeah. I would say. I thought coverage was really good this week. Um, you know, not not really any complaints uh, from me. I didn't really watch any of like the, the broadcast coverage. I watched a lot of featured groups. Um, so like, I can't really talk too much about the, the broadcast, but, but no, I thought it was, I thought it was a good week coverage wise. All right. We should get into our champs. So Scotty Scheffler wins by five shots, uh, absolutely convincing victory. Um, so he was playing in the final group with Min Woo Lee, who started the day at 12 under birdied the first to get to 13 and then Scotty bogeyed the third. So they were both tied. At 13 under, Min Woo proceeds to triple the fourth. Um, Scotty makes some pars and then birdies 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 to build a six-shot lead. And uh, you would end up bogeying 14, parring into the house for the only sub-70 round in the last 10 groups. So it just shows, first of all, how much harder the course was playing today versus yesterday. 
which was uh, the easiest day historically ever at TPC Sawgrass in the history of this event. It was very easy. Um, And then, you know, for Scotty to be the only sub-70 round in the last 10 groups shows a few things. Um, Like I said, how tough the course was playing, but also just how good Scotty's round was. To be the 54-hole leader who – the 54-hole leaders did not have a good track record in recent history at this event. Um, So it's a very tough course to be the front runner at. And to go, you know, shoot around that was that good relative to the chasing pack is extremely impressive. Yeah. I uh, I think it's time to have the debate. We had it with John Rahm a few months back. Is Scotty Scheffler bad for golf? <laughs> Scott, what, Man, what do he's you getting into that stage. It's just so annoying to watch Scotty Scheffler. Just because he's good or something about his game that annoys you? Oh, he's just, well... Something about his game that annoys me. His chip-ins are Dude, he chips absurd. in all the time. They're he getting chips absurd. in all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, he holes out from supposedly short-sided on hole uh, two yesterday for Eagle. So he starts three under through two in the third round yesterday. And it takes me back to, like, do you remember Augusta last year when uh, he was in trouble on hole three? Uh, he had a pretty sizable lead going into that final round. Um wasn't even on the green yet for birdie on the third hole. They were like, well, he, it'd be basically a miracle if he gets up and down for par, just trying to salvage a five at this point. Holes out. I mean, yeah, you, you're exactly right. The Scotty Scheffler chip-ins are, they're getting pretty outrageous at this point. And they talked about this week too. Um, him and Ted Scott have this bet that if he had like 10 chip-ins or whatever for the entire year, uh, I don't know if they ever said what the bet was, but he hit 10 yesterday. Like yesterday was his 10th chip in of the year already. Really? And then he had another one today. Oh my. Like this dude. And even going back to last year when he flubs that one in the match play into the bunker and then holds out the bunker shot. Yeah. Like, dude, it's just getting yeah. so annoying to watch this guy. Like, don't get me wrong, Scotty Scheffler, great golfer, but I am so sick of seeing Jay Leno pop up on the TV screen holding trophy every week. Dude, he six wins in his last twenty-seven starts, and the amount of other like he has like ten top threes in that span. It's crazy. Like this, this is an extraordinary run of golf that he is on. He is on a a heater. I'm gonna go look at his. His recent results. So he's got a first at the Players, T4 at the Arnold Palmer, T12 at the Genesis, won the Phoenix Open, T11 at the Amex, T7 at the Tournament Champions. Like that's like his like the Genesis was supposedly a bad week. Like oh, Scotty's not playing that well this week, and what he he manages a T11 out of it. Yeah, that's. I mean. And we're talking about master, Scotty. Master. We're talking about Scotty getting annoying with his wins. His last win before the waste management was the Masters last year. So I mean, he's only won twice this year, twice since the Masters. But which is yeah, which is also kind of weird too. It feels like it's a lot more than that. Yeah. So yeah, he won four in a six week stretch, and he he continued to play well last year. It's not like he dropped off at all. I mean, he was right in the mix at the U.S. Open. Uh, he had a couple other runner ups. Well, he was very um, close at the uh, the tour championship as well. Um, yeah, he sort of blew a lead there. 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so maybe this is the year Scotty wins the FedEx Cup. The fuck? When I saw, I should have screenshotted the stat. Um, it was a crazy stat that, like, Tiger Woods uh, from, like, 2000 or 1997-2000 or something like that would have had, like, 24 PGA Tour wins uh, if his career had just stopped there. He'd be, like, a four-time, five-time major champion, 24 PGA Tour wins. And it's, like, kind of makes you think, what if we were watching that right now? Like, would we just hate watching Tiger Woods every week just come in and dominate every single Every single tournament. So, like, I don't know. I don't luckily, know to... we're not getting that. We're we're getting some competition. You know, Scotty and Rom and Rory's up there, but there's something about Scotty. Like when Tiger was doing it, that's what people wanted to see because Tiger had this certain presence about him that that I don't think Scotty has not like from a competitive perspective, but there's just like a, like from a spectacle perspective, like people, you know, he was just such a phenom and such a huge figure in the sport where, you know, people would come to a tournament, obviously just to watch Tiger. Mm -hmm. There's probably, you know, not that many people out there yet still that is like, okay, you know, if Scotty Scheffler being in the field for an event, the, probably still doesn't have the same weight as like a Rory McIlroy being in the field for an yeah. event. Um, the reason for that, I'm not quite sure. I mean, he's he's the best player in the world over the last year, but number one in the world right now. He took over number now, one yep, with his win this week. Back back to number one after this uh, after this week. Uh, Rory was in the mix. He could have w- with a win, but uh, he played pretty dang terrible. Threw yeah, Taylor made under the bus. Up. Did oh you my see gosh, that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh ripping his new driver, uh the stealth too. Apparently, like just not quite enough forgiveness. I've and I've uh, heard some pretty bad things about the stealth too. Colin Morikawa went back to the original sim, the mm-hmm. 2020 version. Yeah. Um, like even some last some year, other tailor made guys not not playing the stealth two this year. Really yeah. interesting. Even last year, like when the original Stealth came out, like I heard some bad things. Like a lot of people didn't really like it with the carbon fiber and stuff like that. Um, this year, though, I'm hearing a lot worse things than what which I heard. Is really, stealth. which is really interesting, wow. and it, and it makes you think. Like if you're someone who has, you know, maybe you have a 2020 version of a driver or 2019, and you see, you know, Colin Morikawa going back to his 2020 driver, it's like you know. Maybe if you've seen a lot of marketing materials on all the new drivers and stuff, but it's like, and you think you need a new driver because it's three years old. No, you don't. No. Like, like you just, you just need a driver that's, you know, somewhat fit to, you know, your swing speed and, you know, how you deliver the club and all that. That's far more important than having the newest technology. Yeah. I love my 917. I probably would have okay. not gotten rid of my 917 Actually, except for the, uh, when I bought my new shaft, it came with the driver, or that I guess it was the driver. The nine seventeens actually sucked, though. They, like I, I was, think I loved it. I think Titleist would even tell you that. I they, loved it. Titleist has come out with uh, there's like a whole series. I think it's on YouTube. I haven't watched it about the all the development into their new like drivers, like TSI and TSR, and um, and I think they basically admitted that like yeah, our our previous drivers absolutely sucked. 
Yeah, so I I love like the nine thirteen I loved, and then I got the nine seventeen, and I loved it. And I think overall, I think the paradigm is getting a lot more rave reviews than the stealth two. I've I've heard a lot of good things about the paradigm from you know around golf Twitter and so yeah. So um, obviously there's a there's you know all the all the marketing that goes into it. Of course, that's what Kelly wants you to think. But it does sound like there might be something to the paradigm. That but I anyway. might be I might become a Callaway truther. um yeah you're a good good fan too you might have to um where do we go oh yeah the rory quote yeah he said something like uh you know i wish i didn't have to bet on a new driver and could just stick with the old one but um or then he said something like i guess not but i have to or something i don't know if that's like uh i don't know if that's a comment at like his tailor-made contract yeah or if but there, he also had a comment earlier this week that he can't use his old stealth because so the faces are very thin, especially like on the mm-hmm. on the newer drivers and the carbon wood or whatever. And once it gets hit a certain amount of times, I think the face gets thinner and then at a certain point it gets non-conforming. So the, I think part of the reason he's not just using the stealth he was using last year is because he's concerned that it doesn't conform anymore just based on how many times he's hit it. But... Then the comment after, you know, made it seem like, I don't know, and who knows whether this is exactly what he meant, but it sort of had the appearance of implying that, like, TaylorMade is making him play the Stealth 2. That's what I was getting out of it. And that kind of raised the question for me, like, why? Like, I mean, they don't make Colin. I mean, Colin was out there with the Sim. I don't And if you're Rory, just tell him to you know, suck one and play whatever driver you want. You're trying to win tournaments out here. You're not trying to make friends with TaylorMade. Go play whatever driver you want that's going to, you know, win you tournaments. Yeah, which is is weird because, and then um, I'm going to find Rory, actually. So that was a big storyline. It's like, oh, Rory, you know, couldn't find a fairway round one, and he was talking about his driver and all this, but, like, he was still positive strokes gained off the tee uh, for round one. So... Yeah, he was 21st in the field. He gained almost two and a half shots off the tee in two rounds. So, I mean, it was the putting and the around the green that was the problem. So, yeah. I mean, so maybe an average driving week to Rory feels like a terrible driving week. Um, I mean, his, his, his fairways hit actually was not very good. So it was the driving distance, which was highest in the field, which was probably bringing up the strokes gain number because – he must have just been hitting driver more than other players. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, that it was a 46% accuracy for two rounds, which is not good, <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, he lost over four shots around the green in two rounds for 141st in the field out of 143 players. Because um, John Rahm withdrew, uh, got a stomach bug. That's a tough scene. Yeah. Um, between round one and two, because he was one under after the first round. Uh, and then he lost over three shots putting through two rounds, 125th in the field. So Yeah, mine, must be, mine must be averages. Are you on data golf or what are you on? I'm on just pjtour.com. Oh. Yeah, so mine must be averages then, because mine says he lost 1.5 putting and 2.0 around the green. So that must be per round. That would possibly make sense. Um, I'm not sure. I, I was just looking at data golf and we're talking about Rory, you know, with driver and gaining strokes. 
And then I scrolled up and there's this guy uh, who today alone lost eight shots total to the field. He lost four and a half shots today off the tee. Uh, that's Kevin Kisner. Oh, boy. I bet he wishes Kizzy. he had a paradigm in his bag. Dude, speaking of, what's up with Sahith? Sahith plus 10. 70, yeah, he, 78, 75 on the weekend. Shot 78 in the easiest round at the history of the players at TPC Sawgrass. Yeah, one birdie. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that. Kisner. Kisner, what's, he, what's he playing? Is Kisner playing the Wilson Dynapower? The Wilson D7 or something. I don't know. Oh, my. But at that point, Something when you hit it as terrible. short as when you hit it as short as Kisner hits it, I don't know if any driver can help you. Well, his uh, wedges helped him plus two uh, around the green. Oh, that was round one. Yeah, just today he sucked. He was just terrible today. All right, well, we should probably enough move, about uh, Kisner. We don't want to talk about Kisner. All right, so yeah, Scotty, Scotty, potential greatness. We're looking at. I mean, we've got we've got a potential for a star here. Yeah, I mean, obviously sure. he's already a star, but I mean, like you know, a career path, you know, we're he we're, could end up with more 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 wins than DJ someday. Yeah, I mean, we're we're in the territory right now where like Jordan Spieth was in 2017. Um, yeah, that's that's probably a pretty fair comparison. After some after winning a few majors, you know, Scotty only has one major, but uh, he got that first win last year. It kind of took him a while to get a win, and now he broke down that wall and it just feels like every single week he's he's there so we got a shout out uh tyrell hatton an absolutely blazing finish <laughs> leaderboard today. jump he started the day at five under par bogeyed the par five ninth to shoot even on the front uh he said his he was running a little hot under the collar long walk from the ninth green to the 10th tee and proceeded to birdie seven holes on the back nine for a 29, birdied 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 uh, to come in in 65, solo second at 12 under. And that was when Scotty, I think Scotty was at about 14 under when uh, Hatton finished. So, I mean, you know, knowing the wind was up, I mean, he definitely had a chance. Yeah. Uh, You know, he would have thought that, and his birdie on 18 was – something that has to be one of the best shots he's ever hit i don't know if you saw it no uh, he was over to the right i think he was in i can't think remember if he was in the rough or the pine straw it looks uh, like but he's he, in the, uh... he had to hit sort of like i think he had around 200 yards he hit a four iron he had to sort of aim it over the water and play a cut and hits it to like 10 feet uh, to that back pin on 18 makes the birdie for five straight to post 12 under speaking of was very glad to see that they stopped using the front left pin on 18 for day four. Yeah. I mean, the amount of guys that made birdie on 18 yesterday was quite a few. JT made um, eagle. JT made eagle. Um, Yeah, I mean, I definitely like seeing the pin all the way back, a lot tougher pin for final round. Like, birdie was... Do you want more? Sure. Uh, birdie was a phenomenal score at 18 today. I think there were like just a handful on the whole day, like maybe five or so rather than yesterday. It seemed like everyone was just throwing it over to the right and, it, and the slope would just bring it down to like five feet. So yeah, I don't know if I can look at that, but I also had uh Tyrell Hatton in my uh, DraftKings group for this week. So <laughs> that's huge. Um, I gotta, I gotta check the final standings. Um, Actually, I have, I haven't checked them all day. 
Yeah, you mentioned Tyrrell Hatton, 29 on the back nine. Uh, I think it was the first ever back nine 29 at the players. Um, so really, really huge finish there to get into second. He jumped up 24 spots on the leaderboard today. And, uh, you know, kind of in the same conversation to shout out another guy, Tom Hoagie. Or, yes. Uh, yesterday, course record or tournament record, 62. Love to uh, see that. Which, From our I fellow mean, Dakotan. Yes. Just kind of goes to show how easy maybe the course is playing, but 10 birdies, no bogeys. Uh, the guy from Fargo. Started on hole 10 because they had the weather delays, so they, you know, did split T start for the round, the third round. Um, birdied 11, 12, 15, 16, 18, and then 2, 3, 4, and then 8 and 9 to shoot 62. And it was late in round two that the cut moved from one over to two over. And he was already in at two over. He was pretty sure he was missing the cut. The cut moves right at the last minute. And so he, he makes the weekend and proceeds to he, – didn't he struggle a little bit? Oh, no, he didn't. Um, yeah, nice finish today. Tied for third at 10 under. Um, yeah, shout yeah, to out go Tom from, Hoagie. To go from making the cut on the number to a top five finish, that's uh... – that's a huge uh, rebound from Mr. Yeah, Hoagie. 62. And then I don't know. So I don't know if he knew at the time that 63 was the course record that he was going for. But to birdie the last two holes, especially when one of them is hole eight, which was playing extremely difficult yesterday, uh, sort of that back right pin, I think it was around 230 or 240. He hits this hybrid in there to like 10 feet just to – Gorgeous golf shot, makes the putt, and then birdies the par five on the last hole. After laying up, too, gets up and down with the wedge from, I think, 80-some yards. Um, extremely clutch, and he's obviously absolutely feeling it. So Yeah, that's some onions on that guy uh, for that finish. Uh, Victor playing well. Um, he absolutely needs to get rid of uh, his clothing brand, Jay Lindeberg. Uh, he looks. I saw a lot of that on Twitter. Like, I thought he. I didn't think it looked bad. Dude, it's terrible, man. The shirt today was absolutely brutal, and he wore green all four days. Um, he just one day green. He, had a, he had a green shirt with a different color, uh, shaded green belt and pants. Looked like the guy from Pier. <laughs> Remember in high school? Oh, Fifty Shades of Green. Yeah, that's what he looked like out there. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's 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 just a tough scene with Victor sometimes. But shout out, he's he's playing well. Yeah, this um, household was, won't take the Victor slander. I think that's uh probably my fiance's favorite golfer on tour now since uh Louis left to the the Rebels. Louis Gaptooth? But, yeah. Louis Oosthuizen. 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 But no, dude, no, Victor, it's not that I hate, it's that I'm looking out for his best interest. I mean, he's just, he's got to gotta get with someone else. I don't know if it's Nike. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's uh, Grayson. Um, I don't know, but clearly playing well. Uh, it's fun to see. Also, hole 16 today, playing pretty tough. Uh, like, just not nearly as many birdies as you usually see with that back left flag and, um also, an interesting thing I saw, Garrick Higo. Who was he playing with? He was, uh, I don't know, he was with one of the guys that was in contention. But he he hit his second shot on 16. He airmailed the green so far it carried over the water. Like past 17T? No, like um, 
So there's a little like if you if you are on the PGA Tour app, you should just find it. Um, or on the you should go to the PGA Tour website and just look at his shot tracer. He is what place did he finish? Uh, boy, I'm scrolling down. I'm looking for Garrett. Okay, Garrett Hugo. He had a tough finish, but he finished t forty four at minus is. minus three. So hole sixteen. So oh yeah, my there's that, goodness! There's, yeah, yeah. The ball just literally landed over that. <laughs> That's part of the where water. it carried to. Yes, it flew to there. That's what's it say? Two forty-one to left intermediate, seventy-one feet to hole. So that's about thirty-four yards over the green. Am I, is that my math right? No, twenty-four yards. Let's see. So he had two seventeen to the hole. So that's back of the green. Oh, and he hit so it two forty-one. Yeah. So obviously, you're trying to land it considerably short of the hole because you know if you land it even close to pin high, very good chance it goes in the water. So he's probably trying to land it like. 205 he flies at 241 absolutely clears the water and then on 17 he uh he flew the green on 17 too it went in the water over the back and didn't even hit the green it just landed <laughs> in the water he probably just so, has the ap ones and uh you know seven iron that sometimes goes 170 and sometimes goes 240 uh, yeah. hideki matsuyama made a run today he was feeling it walking in putts left and right until he made uh, I think it was double at uh, the 14th, which sort of derailed him. But uh, he had gotten all the way to 12 under. He was seven under on the day through 13. Um, it was crazy that like he was just dripping with confidence. The putts he were making, he would it'd be three feet out, he'd be walking it in. Um, I don't know. That stuff always gets me going when someone's way back and it's final round and they're absolutely feeling it, just making birdie after birdie. Um, but he ended up. I think he bogeyed the last. See, so he. Uh, Yep. Solo fifth at nine under Max Homa made a move today. Unfortunately went uh, over the green into the water on 17 to make double. He was, he did get to 10 under, but uh, finished at eight under shout out Max. I had him on my team this week. Okay. So I had, I had Tyrrell Hatton and Max Homa on my fantasy team. And I got fourth out of our pool of six. Well, that's probably because four people picked Scotty Scheffler. Um, the winner had Scotty. And I had two guys miss the cut. So so then, then you just have two less guys to accumulate points over the weekend. And basically basically the secret to this whole uh, DraftKings fantasy golf thing is not having as few guys as possible miss the cut. Like last week at Arnold Palmer, I ended up winning, and I had all six of my guys make the cut. That's basically um, the way to do it, but... Sung Jay made a move today. Again, a lot of people sort of stumbled uh, on the back nine. Justin Rose playing well. Um, do we get to Minwoo Lee now? Or is there anyone else you want to shout out that I just sort of touched on? Um, Cam Davis no. coming off five straight missed cuts and in the second to last group at the players. Um, but Minwoo Lee. Yeah, let's talk about Minwoo. I remember we were uh, we were mentioning his name a lot last fall because he had a pretty good stretch of golf in the uh, DP World Tour events. Yeah, I think that's when I called him Min Hooli because I'd never heard of him before. You hadn't? I don't think, dude's I don't a, think so. Dude's, dude's a legend. Um, so, yeah, he was, he was playing a lot of good golf last fall um, in those events that I think Rom was winning. 
but um, he has. I think he has a couple wins on the DP World Tour. Uh, in, two, in 2021, he won the Scottish Open over Matt Fitzpatrick and Thomas Dietrich in a playoff. Um, I've been following him for quite a few years because he's he was kind of a social media golfer. He would post a lot of like stinger videos, and mm-hmm. um, so he, had a, he had a decent social media following before he sort of um, had some success on tour. But I just I just love watching him play. He's got all the shots. I saw I saw someone said uh, Minwoo Lee's greatest asset is that he has all the shots in his bag. Minwoo Lee's greatest detriment is that he's got all the shots in his bag. Yeah. So. But I tell um, you what, those like two iron stingers that he's hitting off the tee that are going two ninety. Yep. Those are sick. Oh yeah, he's getting one seventy ball speed with that iron. That's like. That's like Cameron Champ kind of stuff. Yeah, he's routinely crazy. he's routinely getting over 190 ball speed when he hits a driver. The guy's just an animal. Yeah. If he, he just needed to straighten out the driver a little bit today, had some really wild ones. Um and just had a horrible wedge shot on the fourth hole that led to a triple. Uh he missed the fairway a little bit right, chipped out, so he was trying to get up and down for par, and he chunked it. And it went in the water. Hate to and see then he doubled the chunky. Yeah, then he doubled the eleventh. So just a couple bad holes really derailed him from having a real chance at all. But good to see him like actually in the mix, like in the final group at uh, one of the biggest events in golf. Because I think once he gets some experience um, in these situations under his belt, I mean he's uber talented. Yeah, he's got. He just needs to be more consistent. Yeah, I think sure. last week he was nearly DFL at the Arnold Palmer. And then, but of course he's got the talent to be in the mix at the players. Sick I mean, last mustache too. Yeah. The mustache was probably the one thing he didn't have going for him this week. Uh, last spring at the masters, he set a record. He had, I think six straight birdies on the front he's, um, uh, in round four. Oh, that's a career. Yeah. So he's played three events this year. He's got one top 25. Uh, obviously, with the players. Uh, T26 at the Honda, miscut at the Arnold Palmer, and then he finished, what, 10th this week, 11th? Um, T6. Six. Yeah, and he's working really hard. He's, he's working to try to get his uh, you know status on tour. I think he tried to go going to Corn Ferry Finals last fall, and it didn't end up working out for him, so he's back to DP World Tour for this year. But uh, he's getting some starts on the PGA Tour, uh, I think he, if he would have finished top four, he would have had uh, temporary status, but he wasn't able to quite do that. So, but I'm pretty sure uh, before too long he will have full status on the PGA Tour. Hey, it so, gives me some like Siwoo vibes. Uh, you know, back a few years ago when Siwoo kind of came out of nowhere, was contending in that one players that year. Um, well, he won. Well, yeah, he was contending, and then he won. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, contending. Uh, I would he's say like driver off the decks from everywhere too. Like the guy was just yeah. sick. That's kind of what I'm getting out of Minwoo Lee. I think I think Minwoo <laughs> Lee is a little bit less out of nowhere than Siwoo. Um, just because I mean he's been in the top fifty in the world, like been hovering around the top fifty for a year now. That's how he got into the Masters last year, and he was right at number fifty coming into this week. So uh, that should uh, moving up after this week should probably solidify his spot at Augusta. Uh, um, yeah, I'm trying to find anyone, him here. Anyone else we need to talk about before we get into 
uh, our boy. Uh, he's up to 45 now. Um, okay. I want to touch on a couple people. Uh, Colin Morikawa, he was one of my picks last week, one of the guys I thought, you know, would uh, get it done. And after that first round, he was looking really, really spicy. I uh, was hitting some good shots, hitting some good iron shots, and then the rest of the week it just didn't really come to fruition. Made uh, a couple bogeys round two, a few bogeys round three, a few bogeys round four. He triple bogeyed 10 today. He did. Did he go um, OB? Yeah, he, he uh, Oh, no, he had like to take he, an unplayable. That's oh, it looks like he had to take an unplayable or something. Things you hate to see from Colin Morikawa. But, you know, top let's check 20. The, let's check the stats. I think he had, yeah, he had a rough putting week. He was number one in the field, strokes gained uh, approach to the green, gained over nine shots on the field approach. And uh, number two in the field, strokes gained T to green. Uh, but all of those were uh, approach because he barely gained anything off the tee. Yeah, he gained a four strokes approach round one alone. Yeah, yeah, and he was sixty seventh in the field in putting, uh, lost over two and a half. I mean, that's just that's just the Colin Morikawa story. He it's just the Colin Morikawa effect. And we talk about the Colin Morikawa effect. Uh, how about the Jordan Spieth effect? This guy, what a week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Seriously. Round what, round what one. Did like, finish at? He finished minus at T nineteen minus, minus six. six. Yeah. Round one, you know, kind of a ho hum sixty-nine, like was hitting some really good shots, uh like throwing himself in contention. He probably could have shot, you know, four or five under if he would have had a stronger finish the last two. And then round two comes out and he's like, I just have no feel. Like I can't feel it. And he birdies the first two, and then it just, like, light switch clicks off. Bogey, bogey double on 13-14. Bogey's two, doubles five. Bogey's eight, and he's sitting, like, on the cut line at this point. Well, at Jordan, that point, I think he, he was outside of it. Yeah. His plus two was not actually in the cut line as while he was playing. And then It ended the up Jordan's, being inside the cut line. The Jordan Spieth effect kicks in. Fan a drive right into a spectator's kneecap. Kicks back into the fairway. Would have definitely been in the water, miscut, game over. Kicks back into the fairway, hits it up next to the green, and then chips in for eagle to make the cut. Yeah, which, I mean, he ended up making it by two shots then, but, yeah, crazy. But, I and mean, then, that drive, that was probably going to go in the water if it didn't hit that oh, guy. Oh, so 100%, 100%. Yeah, he would have missed the cut. Uh, and then goes and fires off a 66 in round three. So, yeah, Jordan Spieth. Has an absolutely abysmal record at the Players Championship. Uh, his first appearance in 2014, he was in the final group with Martin Keimer. He was in the mix all day. Um, but since then, uh, here's here were his finishes before this year: cut, 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 tied 41st, cut, tied 48th, cut. I'm pretty sure that was a guy I threw in my guys to watch last week too. So, yeah, an absolutely horrid record at the players championship but t19 so that's like that's a pretty good showing for jordan spieth yeah at the players. He, uh, he lost an average of 0. 0.09 strokes per round off the tee was positive and everything else uh i want to go to round two because round two he said he just lost it he was uh minus two off the tee plus 1.5 approach 
This doesn't look right. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, minus two off the tee, plus 1.5 approach. Um, surprisingly, his tee shot off the guy's kneecap gained him 0.2 shots off the tee. So that's uh, that's solid. Strokes gained patella. <laughs> and, you know, props to the, the guy that he hit, you know, staying on both legs, not like just completely shattering his kneecap. Into oblivion. Sometimes it makes me wish I had a gallery out there. You know, that would oh. make things uh, a lot simpler sometimes. I think that's all um, I had to talk about. I wanted to shout out to Ben Griffin, uh, the story on that's this That's true. Yep, yep. Um, Did you, do you happen to listen to No Laying Up this week? I didn't. <laughs> they were doing a live show after round one, and Ben Griffin had played pretty well in round one, and Tron says, dude, Ben Griffin, uh, his story can't be told enough, and... Uh, <laughs> um, KBV and Sally were like, okay, what's his story? And Tron was like, I can't really remember, but I just know he has some sort of story. And they're like, yeah, it's well, like, well, I thought it couldn't be told enough. He, uh, in like 2021 or something, quit professional golf, like just not enough funds, wasn't playing well enough. So he just quits, uh, becomes a loan officer. Mortgage and then, loan officer. Yeah, for like, they told the story on the player's coverage. It was like three months. He was a loan officer for three months. Then he yeah. plays a couple corn fairy events, uh, ends up getting his card. And for a little while was, you know, in contention this week, he had a, a pretty solid five under round one, one under round Dang, two. Dude. He tripled the 18th today. That's a big rip. Finish. He hold, he, he hold out for birdie on 17 out of the bunker. Um, to get to seven under. And I was like looking for him on the leaderboard. Like, where'd he go? Took a triple on 18, which definitely a sour taste, but he played pretty well all week. Um, but yeah, I think he just, I think at some point he was playing with some people that kind of knew he, um, you know, was, was kind of giving up pro golf and they saw how good he was. And they're just like, no, he can't, he's too good. He can't, he can't give it up yet. So we ended up getting a couple sponsors that, uh, you know, agreed to pay his expenses. So all he had to worry about was the golf and he ended up getting his tour card and he had a really high finish last fall at Bermuda. I, I know I made fun of that event a lot, but um, it meant a lot to Ben Griffin. Um, I definitely wish he would have been able to salvage a little better finish this week, but um, hopefully we can see some more good golf out of him. Uh, I want to shout out Jason Day. He's continuing to make me, uh, you know, make my predictions look good that he's going to continue to play well. A little disappointing today with the 72, but also, I mean, the overall field scoring average was a lot higher. I thought he'd make a little bit of a run today, get in the mix, but he finished at T19 uh, with Jordan Spieth at minus six, continuing to see good signs out of Jason Day. And uh, is Jay it time? Sunday. Jay it's Sunday. Time. Hit the music. <laughs> what music is that? Oh, yes, the golf oh, boys. Oh, oh. We might have to have that sound clipped in and just play that. That's true. Yeah, that could be our new uh, <laughs> That could be our new intro music. It's Ricky the, Fowler time. The the orange man. He was wearing an orange top this uh, today, too. Yeah, he's been he kind of has gone back. He wears kind of a lot of orange. Like for a few years, he dialed it down. But I mean, he's bright orange hat, bright orange shirt, orange belt today. I mean, all, all he wears now, he'll wear like. A white shirt, a couple blue shirts, and then he just pulls out orange on Sunday. Yeah, he's he's overall very muted now. 
Yeah. Uh, except he, except he's still pretty bright on Sunday. But uh, what do we think of the week overall from Ricky? Uh, <laughs> I hate playing this game because I say the same thing every single week. He showed no, flashes. He's basically like he and Jason Day are the same player right now. He showed flashes. Yep. He uh, he started on 10 the first day, right? Or did he start on one? He started on 10 the first. Yeah, the first day because he was playing really bad. Yeah, he, he started bogey. He, bogey. he birdied three of his last four on the first day to finish, just salvage an even par round. And then... Uh, uh, round two, I think he had a late bogey to come in at minus two. Yeah, he bogeyed 18. Yeah. Um, Yesterday, uh, just a smooth swing in 68. Uh, three bogeys. Bogey and 14 yesterday, and yes, Yeah, yesterday really disappointing bogey on 14. Uh, I think he missed a fairly short – well, actually, he was middle of the fairway and just tugged his – approach into the bunker short sided. That's just it was just sort of an unforced error. And then to and then he hit it in the water on sixteen. So didn't um, he like stuff one on thirteen yesterday too to like three feet? Like hit the moonshot. Oh uh, you might be right. Where was the pin on thirteen? It was like round front three. It was like front, front right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he had a really good one. Uh and then today, so sixteen had, let's see, how many par three birdies did he have yesterday? Two. Three. Three, uh, 13 yeah. and 17. Yep. Three twos yesterday. Um, birdie's 18 two days in a row, low key. Huge. It's like, Especially the one today. The one today was a nice, nice putt from off the green for Birdie. Did you see the shot from before that? Yeah. Wasn't he like in the trees or something? Yeah. Like his tee shot missed the fairway by. Oh, yeah. He so was in long. like jail. He was just dead. Yeah. Yeah, he was so far right, and somehow, I don't know, uh, he makes birdie. So, you know, a couple late birdies yesterday and today to sort of salvage the round that he kind of tried to squirm away. Um, so he needed to be around the top six this week, top six or higher, to pr- to flirt with top 50. Um, I think solo sixth, I think, would have done it this week uh, to get top 50 in the world. So he finished, he manages a tie for 13th. Moves him from 71 to 59 in the world golf ranking. 59 is a good number. And so he's going to have one event left to get in the top 50. Um, and then Two. if he won, it, ha- it has to be by the, by the match play. That's the cutoff for world ranking. And then if he's not in the top 50, oh, I thought... then, then the Valero will be a win and in situation. Oh. Yep. They they cut off they cut off the Masters invites for the top fifty in the World Golf ranking after the match play. Oh, so it, match play is very important now. Yep. So and we were kind of talking before. You said he needs a. Uh, you think like just making it out of the groups will be enough? That's sort of sounding like that's what is going to happen. Uh, because the top sixteen in the field make it out of groups and then i think even if you lose isn't that a t9 just because like the top eight move on to the next round yeah i think that's so how I, that counts so i think getting through the group stage into the sudden death guarantees you a tie from ninth 
And I think that would be enough, possibly, but we're going to have to see how that uh, scenario plays itself out in the next couple of weeks. So I'll have we'll have a clearer picture a week of probably. Yeah. Um, but I, but he's not playing this week. I don't think there's any chance he moves down at all, just because anything dropping off is going to be a missed cut or a really bad finish. So, um, extremely frustrating week. I followed him pretty closely. Um, he was featured. Uh, I think every round, but definitely the last three rounds, I watched a lot of his play. Uh, I definitely missed some of it as well, but it's just, it, it sort of was like a take a step forward and then take a step back sort of thing. Never really built any momentum. He's playing well, but um, it's just not all there yet. But Yeah, it's, just, it's like all the pieces are there but they're just, they're not all glued together. There like are times he, yeah. he's putting three popsicle sticks together to make the bridge. And then the moment he puts the third one on, one of them falls off. Then he picks up that one and tries to put that on, but then another one falls off and he just can't get them all to stay on the bridge together. There's moments when his driving is really good. The swing is just looking really smooth. It doesn't have a ton of speed at the moment. A lot of like low 170s for ball speed, uh, 172 to 174 range with driver. But it's just like a really smooth, controlled swing with this little cut out there. Um, there were some times when he looked really uncertain on the tee, just sort of like these weak swings that were like big slices. Yeah, like um, the one on one yesterday. Is an the example. iron play. The iron play probably wasn't quite as sharp as it has been in some. Previous weeks, uh, I can check here what the uh, – he, he had was, a pretty good – he had a pretty good putting week. Yeah, he, he had he a better putting week strokes gain than he did approach, so. Yep, yep. He was 26th in strokes gain approach, 15th on the greens. I mean, he definitely missed some short putts that you don't want to see him miss, but he also, you know, made some made some solid, like, par saves and things like that, so it kind of evens itself out in terms of the strokes gained. Um. Here is one thing I don't get. Why is strokes gained total even a stat? Like, should, isn't that just the leaderboard? Yeah, like, but I think it's just like, you know, compared to field average, really. But uh, Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's it's close. Obviously, you know, to feel like he's still not putting it together and getting a top 15 at the players is sort of speaks to the progress from where he was at a year ago. Which is, you know, definitely, definitely not feels in the players. Good. Not even in the players. I mean, I think his lowest world rank last year was like one seventy nine or something like that. Well, yeah, on uh, so, on full swing, they just keep listing Ricky as like world ranking one thirty seven. Yeah, uh, world ranking so, one forty nine. So just the disrespect of Ricky, but also season two, full swing. They announced season two coming season- out. Season two is in full swing, and it will come out next year. So, uh, yeah, feeling good about that. And I hope Ricky gets a featured episode. And I hope that happens if he... Also, Mito Pereira's name is Guillermo. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at the world rankings right now. <laughs> yeah, Guillermo. Wait, so is Mito... Oh, he's going to get into the Masters, though. He's going to get into the Masters no matter what, I think. Yeah, cause because top 50 from end of the year. Oh, well, and top three at the PGA. Oh, would yeah. Have, would have gotten it, too. I'm going to look 
at uh, there's got to be like a, a chart here that shows Ricky's world ranking, right? Yeah, if you click on his name and you go to uh, oh, I thought there was. I know that was, guy, old, that was on the old. That was on the old website. Uh, you just have to look at his results to the side. Uh, he got as high as one eighty-five. That was after. That was before. It was right before the Fortinet Championship. He was one eighty-five. Wow, which is crazy. Crazy, he dropped that far. But he had a, a lot of missed cuts. Oh, yeah. So before his, at the Wyndham Rocket. Before his tied sixth at the Fortinet, he was T64, miscut, miscut, T38, T47, miscut, 64th, 57th. 23rd at the PGA was like his third best finish of the year. That's just awful. Yeah, he but, was so he was he's bad. he's come a long way. So you know all those finishes we mentioned, and then this season he's got tied sixth, cut, tied second, tied thirty fourth, tied fifty fourth, tied eleventh, tied tenth, tied twentieth, t thirty one, and then a t thirteen. So they call that the John Tillery effect. John Tillery literally wasted like three years of this guy's career, which is really sad. But but hey, at least he's got Kevin it was, Kisner. It was Ricky's decision. His best oh. OWGR was fourth. Max Homa, by the way, moves up a spot, right? Moves up to yeah, six. Yeah, number six. Um, all right, any other players we got to we gotta shout out before we um, – maybe one of our – a new segment that we're debuting. Yes, new segment. Uh, let me just – Okay, any, any shots of the week? We talked about the, whole, the, the aces. Any shots of the week? I mean, I'm thinking – any something that jumps out to me is probably the uh, Tyrrell Hatton second shot into eighteen today from the right, um, yeah. but also the uh, Cameron Young hit a tee shot on hole twelve yesterday. Um, just this big high cut driver when it was playing two eighty seven, it landed like two inches from the hole and just stuck like a wedge. He had yeah, like six or seven feet for eagle. I think he missed, uh, but one that sticks out to me was today Max Homa hit driver on 12 that hit oh, yeah. halfway up the flag stick and then almost went in the water. Yeah. Um, that one was uh pretty, pretty sick. How about, uh, here, here's two shots of the week at the time, uh, late round two, Chad Ramey in the lead. Um, I believe this was Chad Ramey, uh, gets to 17 hits it, lands it pin high. It's the back pin. And since it's end of the day, it's really hard, firm. Well, I think it was halfway through his second round. I think he started on hole 10. Yeah. But, uh, you know, lands pin high, runs over the green into the water, uh, and then proceeds to hit another one in the water, I believe, uh, right after. And then round two suspended, come back out the next day. And then was it Minwoo who stuffed one? Or was it not Minwoo? There's Uh... someone... There was someone that came back out the next morning and landed it like four feet further than what Chad. Ramey oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I can't. But actually who that spun was. it back. Um. So yeah, maybe this is time to have the discussion that we need to get pace of play figured out. Because that is that is true. Pace of play why, is absolutely awful. Why in round one did nobody finish and there was not a single delay? I, I have the same question. That's it just unacceptable. Makes no sense. It makes no sense. I mean, it's March. It's not like it's middle of winter. 
It is yeah. March at this point. Let's speed this stuff up. Start putting people on the clock and let's let's get it going. All right, new segment. Hit the music. Again, no music. <laughs> it's the bogey train of the week. The bogey train of the week. It's a new segment, just shouting out some guys who happened to get on the bogey train. And why I didn't think of this sooner, I'm not quite sure, but I thought of it now. And so, you know, at this point, you can't, there's no better time to start it. Right? Let me let me take the first one because you might steal it, and this is the only one I have. Dang it! I think I know where this is going. Uh, it's round two. One guy by the name of Max McGreevy. Dang it! Who uh, this is? This is definitely one of the nominees. The <laughs> the bogey train. I mean, are we doing consecutive bogeys or just like you know? Can I just say his whole round? I know, right? Because I was I was looking at the scorecard. I was like, I don't know where to start. Yeah, I so think the bogey train started as soon as he as soon as he teed it in the ground. Yeah, he teed it up on ten, and then it finished on hole eight. So he bogeys ten, bogeys twelve, triples fourteen, bogey seventeen, bogeys eighteen, bogeys one, bogeys. Okay, this is the real stretch here. This is the real bogey train stretch for Max McGreevy. No, bogeys three start started on seventeen. Started on seventeen. Okay, yeah. So, so bogey so he seventeen. Start, he started on he started on ten, so this is his eighth yep. hole. Yep. So just bogey don't even, seventeen. Just go like bogey All right. bogey like. All right, yeah. bogey bogey Starting par. On his... Or no, bogey bogey bogey, par bogey, double triple double, par double, and then. I thought you were naming a burger there for a second. Give me a then double tri- he birdies his last hole to break ninety. Nominee number one, Max. McGreevy. I know, I know exactly. Like he's he's also uh, you know a nominee for Bogey Train of the Week, but also like Clutch's Birdie of the Week to break yeah. ninety. I mean, I that's heard huge. they take your tour card for that. Sixty nine ninety. So we got sixty nine eighty nine from Max McGreevy. Um, he's definitely solid. one of the nominees for Bogey Train of the Week. Little round of applause for uh, Max McGreevy. Um, okay, let's see. I've got. This one is taking a second to load here, but I brought up the graphic you were talking about. So um, this just shows uh, the Chad Ramey shot, okay, where it landed before play was suspended on Friday, and it rolled over the green. And then after, uh, so this is Saturday morning when play was restarted, uh, it was Brandon Wu. So he landed it a couple of yards farther, but it actually like bounced and then spun back. So um, ended up short of the hole rather than going over. But I mean, so obviously the conditions were a factor. There was a lot of a, rain, a lot of rain, but there's also you know a lot of other factors. Like Chad Ramey just sort of hits a flatter ball flight. Um, you know the the spin numbers and the apex mm-hmm. and all that all that sort of stuff is a factor. But yeah, it was a really interesting graphic. So here we got um, Nick Watney. Oh gosh, this guy's relevant. Um, I don't know how he got in the field. Uh, round one, he had a bogey. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, oh, never mind. He must have started on 10. Okay, so he tripled his first. Tough scene. Uh, second first round. Tournament? Uh, yes. Oh, that sucks. Um, 
so yeah, second round, he had a stretch where he goes bogey, 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 par, par, bogey, bogey, par, bogey, par, bogey. Um, so pretty solid bogey train there. And then uh, Lucas Herbert had one heck of a week. So, <laughs> this, But this isn't even a bogey train. This is just like collapsing on a few different holes. Let's check what his round one looked like. Oh, my gosh. So he shot 82-85 for the week. And hold on. I'm still getting this. This was one of our finest guys, too, who went over a couple months ago to play in these the Asian tour events that the live guys were playing in and was beating the live guys in these yeah, events. Yeah, Lucas Herbert. So – he had a stretch uh, in round one where he goes double bogey, bogey, par, 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 bogey, bogey, double bogey, par, bogey, bogey. Uh, not a bad little stretch there. Um, neither of those guys living up to the Max McGreevy. Um, and then I've just got one more, unfortunately, from a guy that we're, we're you know, we're following on this show, Taylor Montgomery. Oh, no. You uh, oh. hate to see it. Um, he had a very, a very late entry to the bogey train of the week. <laughs> very late. Um, he got to 10 under today, was tied for second or third. Um, after the 14th hole, hit a beautiful shot in the 14th, made uh, like a six to eight footer for birdie, I think. And then it makes a bogey on 15, a double on 16, and a quad on 17 to drop all the way to T44. Uh, he was slated to make around a million dollars for the week and uh, is looking like he's going to make around 75K now. That's uh... so a three hole stretch that cost him, you know, probably over nine, $900,000. That's just things you so, hate to see. So it's not a very long bogey train, but it's, it, it's incredibly a very, costly. It's a very deep one. Yeah. It's like incredibly costly. Like we're talking about trains here. Max McGreevy is, you know, one of the trains uh, where you're you're waiting at the train tracks and it just feels like it never ends because uh, it's just so long. And Taylor Montgomery's is like the one that's only three cars, but it gets halfway through and it's like the last car is about done. And then the train stops and starts backing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like. <laughs> Max McGreevy is like the long train, you know, that never stops. It's just a slow, slow bleed to death. And, but then Montgomery is like, it's a short train, but yet it crashes and has nuclear waste on it. <laughs> so. Oh, I don't know so, how you determine. So I think, I think our finalists are our boy, Taylor Montgomery and uh, Max McGreevy. Between those two, who do you give it to? Man, the nuclear waste one might lead me towards Taylor Montgomery, especially when you mention that this is a $925,000 bogey train. I think you got to give it to Taylor Montgomery this week. Man. <laughs> it's like, it's insane that something can even <laughs> beat the guy who shot 89. I don't know, man. Just just with the stakes that were involved, where he was at in the leaderboard, but still a stretch that goes bogey, 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 par, bogey, double, triple, double, <laughs> par, double. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. But the birdie, the birdie kind of saves it for Max McGreevy. That's like the 
That's like the icing on the cake. Closes with a birdie. That's um, like the last green def- card that has the cool graffiti on it. Max McGreevy definitely has some sort of scramble coming up. <laughs> he has a <laughs> he has a net event coming up. <laughs> he, he figured oh. he was probably gonna. The fact that he was three under in the first round and shot eighty nine in the second round. I I tr- I truly can't decide between these two. I gotta go with. I got to go with McGreevy just because the amount of like, obviously Montgomery got derailed, but it was probably what, like two bad golf shots, but just the max uh, McGreevy. Well, he bogey, hit two in bogey, the water on bogey, par bogey, double bogey, triple bogey, double bogey, par double bogey. That is an iconic stretch of golf. Oh yeah. So the one on 17, he hits it in the water long drops on the path and then chips it onto the green and it rolls down the green, down the slope into the water on the other side. Wait, who's this? This is Taylor Montgomery. His one on today? His quad on 17 today. Yeah. He dropped on the path. He dropped on the path, like the little walk path coming up to the green. Yeah. Oh my, I didn't even see that part. Yeah. He his pulled that. 16. His tee shot. He pulled it so far left. His one on sixteen. He missed. Oh no, that was just a glitch. I was gonna say he missed that so far right. No, that was just a glitch. Wait, how did he make double on sixteen today? He didn't even hit it in the water. Great question. Let's play by play. So he missed his tee shot in the right rough. He had two sixty seven to the hole. So he laid up into the rough. And then he missed it. He missed that approach shot left in the rough. So he's hitting his fourth, trying to get up and down for par from the left rough about 30 feet from the hole. Uh, oh, it must, he must have, it must have rolled back down to him. Well, he hit it 11 then, feet. That's not good. Yeah, it probably, because there's a slope there back left. And he missed a five footer for a bogey after chipping it on. Things you hate to see. To do that and then quad the 17th, man. Man, I don't know. So we've got we've got two winners actually. Our first bogey train of the week goes to two guys for two different reasons. It's a good time. One of them one of them is just a straight up iconic bogey train, but the other one was just given the situation and the circumstance and where he was at on the leaderboard and the the other one was a pile of nuclear waste that has just now contaminated the entire area of Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. So Exactly. Congratulations, Taylor Montgomery. Shout out. We talk about you on the podcast a lot, usually for better reasons than this. Uh, but shout out to you and shout out Max McGreevy. Um, any, any, uh, just quick, any disappointments from the week uh, that you thought like you really were hoping big things from this player? Kevin Kisner. I thought did you, really have, gonna... did you really have high hopes for Kiz? I mean, I didn't think he was going to win. I just thought this would be a get right kind of tournament. Like he typically has some high finishes at the players. Um, and for three rounds, I mean, 72, 73, 73, it's not like he was lighting it up, but he wasn't playing horrific. Well, yeah, he made the cut on the, well, one ahead of the number. Plus and one, then right? he, he finds four doubles today. Yeah. That's not what you want to see. Could have been a late nominee too. He finished a bogey, bogey, par, double, double. Ooh. On his way to a 81 today. So 
Okay, I've got a couple, mostly because they were on my fantasy lineup, but I put them in my fantasy lineup because I thought they were going to have big weeks. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, he's a little I know out the other of sorts. One you're gonna say is. He's a little out of sorts right now. I mean, it seems like he's not really driving it all that straight. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's up with. We might ha- we might have to put a little uh, watch on Matty Fitz right now. Let's get some Matty Fitz stats from the week. Uh, he lost two shots in his two rounds uh, approach. So his iron play was abysmal, it appears. Okay. Um, and he lost. He ended up missing the cut by one. Yeah, he lost a shot off the tee as well. Obviously, Rory. We talked about Rory. Yep. I know who the um, other guy you want to mention is. And who's that? Well, you did say he was going to win either this tournament or the PGA, and he didn't win this one. So, yeah, Keegan Bradley, you're right. Um, Quad on 18. Really interesting. Round two. Yeah, yeah. So he was two under in the first round. Promising start. Uh, but yeah, just sort of lost it. Um, he actually had a really interesting interview early in the week uh, with Dylan Desher, I think is how you say that. Um, he sort of talked about like his anxiety when it comes to golf and just sort of, um, and you can kind of tell from the outside, he's a pretty anxious person, but um, he was just sort of explaining how, you know, with his anxiety playing golf, especially at a course like TPC Sawgrass. I mean, he's like, you know, just knowing that whole 17 and like the tee shot on 18, he's like, just playing those shots is like, is just really hard for me, which was a really interesting look into uh, the mindset of Keegan Bradley. But I mean, now I need him to win the PGA uh, because, you know, that was a, that was a prediction of mine. I don't know. I still feel good about it. His ball striking is still elite. I don't care what the stats said this week. Uh, he just gets a hot, a hot putter, and, you know, I still think he's going to clip off a big event this year. I've got two more guys to shout out. Okay. Uh, actually, three guys to shout out. Uh, number one, shout out Dylan Fratelli, miscut. F you, Dylan. Also, James Hahn, miscut. Oh, God! Oh, I'm sorry. Stole, stole one of mine. Shout out James Hahn for the miscut after coming out in the news last week and, uh, <laughs> you know, complaining about this format. And then you're actually in one of the designated events – and you missed the cut, so you suck. And thirdly, uh, my boy Nico Ekavaria won last week on the the uh, the second event, and apparently was talking to uh, one Daniel Rappaport this week, and they made him a deal that if he broke eighty every round, they would let they would interview him on the podcast. Um. Okay, so that's a pretty that's not a very high bar. Well, maybe it is for I don't know. So he shot 71 round one. Um round two had it going down to the wire. He was seven over with two to play. Or he was eight over with four to play. He birdied 16, par 17, and 18 to shoot 79. So I think uh you know Nico Akavaria will get that get that interview. Um very interesting. So shout out to him. Um, I don't know that I have uh, any other any other shouts for the week. Yeah, I have nothing else on the uh, on the players this week. 
Super fun week overall. I yeah, would say. minus you know Scotty Scheffler just absolutely demolishing the field um, in round four. I, I refuse but. to preview uh, the Valspar this coming week. I just passionately dislike the golf course. So, and uh, yeah, it's just going to be a letdown after the players. So, yep. Uh, so shout out to whoever wins the Valspar. We'll come up with some sort of bogey train because there will probably be some pretty terrible players in the field next week. So it should be uh, pretty easy to. Great one, especially at Innisbrook. Uh, that's kind of a. There's some tough stretches there. It's so a definitely, a de- definitely a tough course. It's a. I, it's like a I nightmare we'll have of a some, course. It's a nightmare to play on PGA 2K. I bet we'll have some bogey trains next week. Speaking um, of gaming, 2K. right? Uh, EA got delayed. Did you see that? I did not. They delayed it again. Um, oh they, man! So it was originally supposed to be. Uh, like the early access was March 21st. Uh, just the uh, normal game was March 24th. They uh, delayed it. Now it's Masters Week that it comes out. Mm. So they delayed it a couple of weeks or, yeah, I think a couple of weeks or one week. I'm not sure. A uh, week and a half, something like that. So it makes me wonder, like, how much you're actually scrambling that you need to delay it a week and a half after already having delayed the game an entire year. So, and it's at 30 30 frames per second. Um, I'm looking at the field for the Valspar next week. Oh, gosh. Um, Not as terrible as I would have thought. No, yeah, I didn't think it was going to be, like, Honda Classic bad. Yeah, like, Keegan's in it. Um, Jordan Spieth's in the field. Matt Fitzpatrick's in the field. Speaking of Matt Fitzpatrick, that was my other other gaming point. uh, Matt Matt Fitzpatrick... Is now at, well, he signed with 2K, but he's now a playable pro in oh, PGA yeah. 2K. Uh, Kevin Kisner's in the field, so that's probably a bogey train of the week. Uh, Max McGreevy's going to try and defend his title next week, go for two in a row. Webb Simpson. Well, what about our boy Monty? Monty Monty's Monty. not in the field. Yeah, he um, needs a break. Uh, but then you got some other. Oh, Gary Woodland's in the field as well. I, uh, Gary Woodland, he's, he's showing. I don't know if signs of life is too strong a word, but I just haven't like, heard his name in a while. He's, I don't know. I, I don't even know exactly what the term is for uh, how Gary Woodland is. Yeah. Then we got some, you know, some guys going back to the, uh, the Puerto, was the Puerto Rico a couple weeks ago. Uh, Ludwig Auberg is in the field. Ludwig, let's go. Uh, no, yeah, he he was he was in the Arnold Palmer. In, yeah, he was low key in the mix yeah. at the Arnold Palmer. Uh Akshay's in the field this week. Wesley Bryan, uh Cameron Champ. Ludwig. I don't know if I mentioned Cameron Champ. Eric Cameron Champ. Dude, Cameron Champ is playing absolutely awful. Joel Damon in the field. Tommy Fleetwood in the field too, and Dylan Fratelli. So I can see Tommy Fleetwood having a good week. Maybe Joel Damon too. And Lucas Glover. Lucas Glover in the field. So pray for Luke. Okay. He didn't make the cut last week, so you know he's gonna be okay. Um so yeah, Matt Fitzpatrick, a playable pro, uh, in PGA and 2K23. And speaking of, uh, let's get a little update on PGA Tour 2K23, our TGC Tour man. Let's we hear got it. back to back. Made cuts after last week. Made our second cut in a row. Then uh, those 259s really propelled me up the leaderboard. I ended up finishing T19. 
Okay. Uh, so I lost one promotion mark for lost one demotion mark for making the cut. And then I gained a promotion mark for finishing in the top 20. So I'm just at level ground now. Okay. Back to zero. Uh, you know, let's, let's look at some of the stats here. Uh, Eagles, nothing impressive. 36 birdies for the week. I was 18th. Uh, I've made a double in the last round. That was pretty cool. 51st in putting. Uh, 18th in greens and regulation. So pretty average week, but we, uh, we did it. The game's kind of coming back. It was my first 59 since January in a tournament, and I shot two of them. So that's okay, all I really got to go. say. Speaking of uh, making a lot of birdies, uh, this is sort of going back to what we were talking about. Ricky uh, made 21 birdies this week. He was tied for fourth in the field for birdies. And uh, what did Scotty win with? Um, probably less than that. Well, did he shoot 17 under? Uh, let's see. I know coming into today, Ricky had more birdies. Yeah, he had 20 birdies. So, so Ricky had actually more birdies than Scotty. So Ricky just week. needs to start hitting greens and stop making bogeys like an idiot. And uh... So, yeah, it's more of the dumb mistakes. I mean, the, the good golf really is there. It is the just the, the errors. If we can just minimize those, he's that is crazy. He made more birdies than the winner. Um, anyway, so but, sorry. Back to our little uh, your update. Is is that it, or why does it That's feel it. like there should be an, another tournament, or is it just because we oh. talked on? Oh, I don't know. Um, I guess I usually preview the next week. This week, where it's the Dalehead National. That's the course. The Centennial Oak Championship, which I have some history. I've played well in this event before. Um, but Dalehead National, looking at some of the pictures, it's kind of like an oceanfront, uh, like dunesy kind of course. It says it's based off or inspired by Friar's Head. So uh, should okay. be a tough course. Says it puts a premium on approach play and staying on the right side of the hole, which are two things I'm not very good at. So... Standards are kind of being set low off the bat, but I'm just probably going to club down a lot and keep it below the hole and play smart. Okay. Um, I've got an update for PGA Tour 2K. Oh, he's going to finally qualify I'm, for... I'm... Uh, it's almost the exact opposite of that. Oh. I am wading into the waters of three-click. Ooh. Are you playing the three-click tour? Um, no, I just, am. I just started, I, I did a, a range session on three click trying to just get used to, used to the tempo of it and how it feels. And because I am just at a point where it's just not working with the, with the analog stick at the moment. There's only um, 50 people that play on the three click tour. So I was just, just trying something new. Um, Hitting a little bit of a rut in uh, career mode. Had a couple of terrible weeks back to back. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. We're searching a little bit. I don't know if it's a thing where you just keep doing what I'm doing and it'll, it'll come back or if it's, if it's time to rebuild it. So, you know what they uh, say? Considering three click. 
They always say, if you build it, they will come. What do you think about that? I haven't even played the three-click mode yet, so... It's a little hard um, to get used to, but um, I don't I don't know. Just the... Uh, I don't know that I have a grip that's working for me right now. Uh, I feel like my timing is a little bit better when I, when I two-finger it on the right stick, but my path is atrocious right now. Absolutely terrible. And... But then my timing is just egregious when I uh, do single thumb left stick. So I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know where to go right now. And I just played the Valero Texas Open, and my next event is the Fake Masters. So um, oh, good time the, uh, to be the Legends the leg- Championship. Yeah, so good time to be changing the swing right before the Masters. Yeah, that's always what you want to see is a big swing change before the biggest event of the year. Um, yeah, I don't really got any advice for you. Just find something that works and make yourself happy. Can I just blame it on the controller and say it's a really old controller? Yeah, and just you know unplug it and be like, oh, that's why I'm playing bad. It's not plugged in. You know, it is actually an ancient controller. So maybe sometimes maybe you just it need is. a new one. Yep. Uh, odds I buy a new PS4 controller are extremely low. Ugh. One may say they're extremely PS4 slim. What? I don't know. That's oh, an I see. It's an attempt I at a stupid joke. I got you. I got you. I got you. Odds are slim. Um, yeah. Anything else? I don't know. That might be it. I think that's it. This is a pretty... You know, not a lot of live news again this week. Um, I think been, they're they're playing this week, Tucson. They've been pretty quiet the last couple of weeks, but they do an event this week. I guess we could preview yep. that quick. Of course, they weren't going to uh, play an event opposite the players, obviously. So instead, uh, they're going to play it opposite the Valspar. Yep. Tickets uh, that would have been really funny bucks. if Cam Smith made an appearance at the players. Because I did hear, fun. I heard rumors that he went and played the TPC Sawgrass nine hole course. I don't know how true that is, but uh, I can't confirm that. That's probably I'd be shocked if that was true. I thought the TPC sort of banned him. I know he was out playing a public course in Ponte Vedra Beach with his buddies over the weekend. Yeah, and there was a video of him like hitting a shot out of his backyard into like his neighbor's yard. That was a weird video. Yeah, yeah. it was a foam ball. You could was, you could tell it was foam because of the sound of contact, and contact was like right off the toe. I don't know. It was that was odd. I don't know, but but live golf this week. If you're a we live didn't golf even get fan, into the Tiger Woods uh, girlfriend loss. Oh no, we we only talk positive about Tiger Woods on this podcast. So well, it's uh, I don't even I don't know that much about the deeds. Apparently, at some point, Tiger was wanting to break things off with this uh, girlfriend who uh, is now an ex girlfriend. And he told her to like pack her bags because they were going on vacation, and she like packed her bags and left, and then he just like never let her back in or something. Yeah, I that's what I'm getting. At. Like at that point, just tell her that hey, we're not dating anymore. Like that seems like the pretty easy explanation on what to do. But yeah, I don't know. So I think I think there's a lawsuit for a certain amount of money, and uh, frankly, I, think like I don't, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to know the details of this. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, man, I don't know. Yeah, stay I, single, kids. You either gotta like be single or 
like like happily married. married. There's yeah. no, there's no in between. And when you have that much money, it honestly <laughs> like or else you just got to be like actually dating. But I think she sort of lived there for a number of years, and so I don't know, sort of messy. Yeah, it's just a weird, a weird thing. Hopefully Charlie uh, doesn't get uh, caught in the middle of it. We don't want Charlie's game to be affected by this. So the next time we see Tiger is Augusta, most likely? I, I'd say most likely, unless he's in the middle of a lawsuit, that he can't. Uh, Early prediction for Tiger at Augusta. Made cut. I'm thinking probably shoot like six under for the week. I'm thinking, yeah, he makes the cut by like one or two shots max. And then, you know... I don't think he does anything real special on the weekend. Probably finishes yeah. somewhere between like T35 and like T50 is my yeah, guess. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be in contention. I think like six or seven under will probably be what he shoots, and I think the winning score will probably be like 13, so he'll be a little ways that'd down be, the leaderboard. That'd be fairly close. That'd be, that'd be If the winning score was like 13 under and he was like six under, that's probably like a top 20. I think that's realistic, but... Man, I just, I just need Ricky to be in the masters i can't go a third year without it you know maybe he should uh play better like we say to james Hahn. exactly just play, play better. better just play better so i gotta do play better i just got stuck in a bogey train mm-hmm.